Blog Talk Radio. Hi. Hi, this is Nikki Chris and Natalie Jean from Sisters in Music. Check out our new organization, www.sistersinmusic.org. And our Sim Radio Network, home of our female-focused podcast, Mixing It with Nikki Chris and Chatting with Nat. Come join the fun, because together, we are stronger. Hi, everybody. This is Natalie Jean. And Nikki Chris. And today on Sisters in Music, we have Camille Carlson and Amanda Cates from Digital Divas Nashville. Founded in 2008 by industry executives Camille Carlson and Amanda Cates, Digital Divas Nashville empowers women at the intersection of music and digital through networking, mentoring, and support. Divas is a platform for uniting and advancing the best and brightest women in Nashville who are experts in digital marketing and promotions through a variety of networking opportunities and events. Let's give them a round. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> yeah. No, we thank like you, to you. feel comfortable and welcome. <laughs> nice. Fun. I, 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 I wasn't get, expecting all that applause. Yeah, you know, you know, our two hands clapping, like the four hands clapping, it's just not enough. <laughs> you have to have It's just not enough. Love it. That's how we do here. So, Cameo, you're on now? I, I am on now. Look at me with the, like, just in time. Oh, my God, that was perfect. See? That's why you get the applause. <laughs> right on time. Okay. Any, both of you can answer any of these questions or do whatever you want. Um, so when was Digital Divas established and why? I think it was 2008. Um, and Amanda, jump in any time. But what it really started as I had moved from New York to Nashville. And digital was definitely it was important, but it was still pretty nascent. Mm. And when I moved from uh, New York to Nashville, I was really feeling the good old boy stuff even stronger than I had been in previous times in the music industry. And so I felt pretty strongly that having a network that, you know, basically it started as a dinner with a bunch of senior women who were in digital complaining about things. And then <laughs> yep. Amanda and I sort of formalized it a little bit more into how can this be a little more helpful um, right. and be a support network for women because a lot of these women, almost all of the digital people were women, but almost none of them had female bosses. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yep. So, that's actually quite interesting. And, and has that changed? Uh, sort of, I would say. <laughs> sort uh, of. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, even in it, just the, the well, what is that, 13 years that we've been doing this, yeah. now mm. some of the women that started as junior 13 years ago have been in the business for a longer time, so there's a lot more women that are senior in these roles, I think. Wow. Yeah, but there are still, you know, like I work for a, a management company, and, you know, it's still very much, you know, white male driven. So I think it's, you've definitely seen some growth in women in leadership, but, you know, it's, 
it kind of varies depending on what company yeah. we're talking about. I mean, yeah. still yeah. not enough, but definitely better than it was when we started this. Yeah. Why, why are people so afraid of women? <laughs> oh, dear no. Lord, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truthfully, like, we got some power in those vajayjays, honey. That's right. Damn right. That's what I wanted. No, you know what I think? I'll tell you something from my perspective, and and Amanda may have a slightly different perspective because she's she's younger than I am. There has been a change that I've noticed that's very visible um, Mm. that is it's not so much about the fear of women, but I think one of the things in the music industry in particular, and this is true of a lot of industries. I can only speak of music because that's mine. But in the music industry, when I started in the music industry um, in the mid-90s, there, I started in radio, which is already super hyper-competitive. The truth is, there we were not about raising other women up. We were basically competing for the one slot that they opened for us. And so there was this whole thing of, I'm not sure that it was about fearing women. It was also women being really competitive with each other. I, I have often said that some of the worst sexism I have ever felt in this industry was from other women. And I think it's not their fault. I think it was just socialized, you know, institutionalized into being hyper competitive because, you know, in, in radio, for instance, where I started, there was room for the giggle box on the morning show and the midday girl. And that was it. There weren't any other women that did that did radio on, on the air. And it was the same thing when I got into digital, mostly because tech was just all run by men. It was male engineers. And so the digital space was no different, even though it was really marketing all the time. I think that has changed dramatically. And I do feel like every woman I know is about bringing other women up as opposed to, you know, sort of bringing them down or competing with them. But I think that that's part of it, honestly. There's there's a lot of truth to what you just said. Definitely, definitely. And and that actually, it raises a question for me because that's one of the reasons why Natalie and I actually started Sisters in Music is that we felt that the, even even though there's a lot of organizations out there, there's not enough where women are supporting women. A lot of, a lot of organizations talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk, so to speak. So... Yeah. What makes your organization different from some of the other organizations out there in, that you're not just talking the talk? I think Amanda and I are both. Well, we're active people that are also, We when we started this, we started it from a senior position. We were fortunate enough that we were both running teams. Um, and so we saw what even the women in our own organizations were going through, and we had been through it, right? And so I think for us, we, we didn't start it with this goal of, like, changing the industry. We started it with a goal of, like, here's a safe place where we can talk about things and we can network and we can drink some wine. And that was really the beginning of it. I think the, the yeah. reason that it became different is I, I at least felt, and I'm sure Amanda would, will say the same thing, very quickly, it became clear that there was a need, especially for young women, to have almost a functional HR system to talk about issues they were dealing with because they maybe they were the only woman or they didn't have anybody else they could talk to or they were in small companies where they didn't know if things were wrong. And 
you know, this is a professional industry that conducts business in unprofessional places, right? Like we're in bars and hotels and, and at clubs. And so it's, there's a lot of gray area. And I think when you put young men and women in those positions, sometimes things are really weird and they don't know how to act or what is appropriate and not appropriate. And I think we felt like, wow, we, we have to be a little bit more about just being mentors ourselves and listening than just mm-hmm. networking and hanging out because there's a need for this that I don't think we either of us knew when we started it that it was going to be like that. Right. Yeah. 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 We've seen that too. Amanda, don't you feel like we became like pseudo HR at some point? We did. Well, for (laughs) a lot of these small companies and even just like, you know, I I was lucky enough that I did have female mentors in my life and, you know, I didn't necessarily experience all the sexism that Cameo did, but I experienced my fair share. And I felt like it was my duty to sort of pass that on to the ones coming behind me too, right? Like it's almost like I have to make their way safe. If they're going out on the road, they need to know what it means when they're going out on the road and what people will say about them if you're alone on a bus with somebody. And, you know, how does that affect you professionally? And it it just sucks that you have to have those conversations. But somebody had it with me and I had to have it with other people. You know, I just felt like, you know, if anything, it was about protection and making sure that, you know, you know what you're getting into. You're like, your eyes are wide open. Um, because I do think that our industry is, is vague for a lot of the reasons. For a lot of the reasons that it's fun, it, it's also some of the reasons that, you know, stuff gets perpetuated. So I think that's why we're different. We're not, we're not setting out to change the industry. We're setting out to be supportive. And Amanda and I both we take that to heart and we're very personally supportive and involved in mentorship and do all kinds of meetings and breakfasts and whatever people need. And, and I think that's really what it's about is just, we kind of lead by example on connecting with the women that are in this organization. Awesome. So with all of this, one of the main things that we love the black spirit of things. So what, what is a good partnership to you? What does that mean to you? I'm so sorry. You broke up for me a little bit. I think it's probably yeah. me. But. It's okay. Um, so the question I said, so, and Nikki and I, we both are into the whole collaborative spirit thing. You know, we're, we believe that everybody's on the same level. We don't believe in the whole diva bullshit because I'm not into that. Um, I can't stand that because I, they will be told one one thing or another. Um, we're, we no believe- pun intended with the digital divas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. Exactly. Exactly. You guys are digital divas, different type of divas. Now we're talking about divas. Just is, they're, they think they're so high up, and then there's little people. We just don't believe in that. Um, so what is what is a good definition for you? What do you believe is a partnership? What does that mean to you guys? Amanda, you want to tackle that one first? I was going to say a partnership like with our organization or like how we approach other women. I I guess I kind of missed that part. (laughs) How do you approach other women? Um, I feel like it's very much been about just kind of like the golden rule. Like I just always wanted to do unto others as they did to me, right? Like I, I want to treat others like I want to be treated. And so that's really 
kind of always been my approach to how how we work with every woman that um, you know comes across our doorstep or comes to one of our meetings. You know, that's really what it's about. It's trying to you know from a good honest help each other and you know know that that's going to come back as well. I mean, I think that yeah. for all that Cameo and I have poured into the women that have come to our organization, I mean, we have found amazing hires. We've been able to put people in really yeah. great jobs, you know. The the sense of community that has come from us just, you know, genuinely reaching out and and helping others, that that comes back to you. Like that's very very like full of karma, you know. Amen. So that's really been the approach. Yep. That's awesome. Besides yeah. And then, like, like it's a relationship. It's a relationship business, right? And so yes. partnership means that we're building relationships. And I think for us, Amanda's exactly dead on. This is something that means a lot to us. It's really important to us. But there is a selfish piece, which is that if we can build a network of women who will support other women and help them find other places, they're going to pay that forward, right? And then not only do we look good, but we're, then we are kind of changing the industry right. one step at a time. And, and particularly in a place like Nashville, um, which is, you know, lots of dudes, it's, we can see that there's going to be real change. And, and that's impactful and not something that I think we set out to do, but it's great to see that every time one of, the, one of our women gets hired somewhere. We get super excited. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's, that's some, of the, some of the things that, that we're trying to do, too, is that whole, well, we call, I call it the sisterhood. Right. And sister yeah. music, yeah. you know, type of methodology. But um, one of the questions that, that we had was, obviously, you do a lot of mentoring, you do a lot of mentorship, you, you seem to have a lot of events and things like that. Besides maybe mentoring individuals, uh, women in particular, or helping them find a a new career path or a new job in a different organization, what are some of the other goals of the organization? Do you have any like charity type of, of affiliates or goals or things like that that you work on as well? We don't really have anything formal on the charity side. I think, um, you know, our focus, it's, it doesn't cost anything to be part of what we do, um, which was intentional so that we could have young women that are still finishing school up to, through executives participate. Um, um. Also, because of that, you know, it's it's a not even a nonprofit. It's a it's a negative profit because Amanda <laughs> and I like buy wine all the time. Um, yep. <laughs> so we it isn't something that we've really gone into. I will say that we've we have partnered with some organizations from time to time to do things. We did a big um, artist like workshop where we brought in executives from all over the industry to teach you know, brand new artists about all different kinds, aspects of the music industry, publishing and, you know, audio and all, all kinds of things. But I don't know. It's not to denigrate any charity work. I think charity work is important. I also think that a lot of other organizations can do a better job of that than we can. And so we're just hyper-focused on being there for, for women and supporting each other. I will say yeah, but that, I think you, know, you actually with, raised a good oh, – I'm sorry – I was just going to say you raised a good point, though, with, like, workshops and things like that from an education perspective because that's very, very important because that is something that I know that the two of us 
um, have been getting. I actually even just did an Instagram Live the other day with somebody who said, you know, she sometimes struggles being a self-managed artist to, to figure out, you know, what she needs to do and who she needs to contact and those types of things. So that's important that you're doing those types of, like, workshops or informational sessions because there definitely is a need. I mean, even for us, like even for myself and Natalie as established artists, I know I don't know everything, you know, and I don't I don't know all the, the ways I could be contacting people. So that's great that you guys do things like that. Well, COVID yeah, helped that a lot. Interesting I mean, pivot for COVID. Yeah, go ahead, <laughs> That's it. Like COVID made us do everything online. So we did like one or two wine sessions and realized, you know what? Like, now's the great time to pull in all of these partners that have been too busy to come to Nashville. We can just do do information sessions. So we basically every month have been doing about, some, you know, some kind of an educational thing. And we let we allowed anybody to join, right? So it was yeah. expanded beyond our normal core group of people. And I, I think, you know, brought more attention to our organization um, than maybe we had expected it would happen. Yeah. It wasn't that we didn't do any education prior. It just wasn't a focus. It was it was equal parts like we would bring in partners or people from the industry, but the idea most of the time was to bring in a senior woman to basically tell their story, right? How they got there, what were some of the struggles, what were some of the things that worked really well, um, to just kind of share. And then that pivoted into just like Amanda said, like real education during COVID because we just you know Everybody was focused on the same things. So I think that our very first sessions were really, you know, here's a hardcore deep dive on DSPs and consumption marketing because that's what everybody was going to be focused on. And then that turned into let's just, you know, there's plenty of stuff to go through that everybody is stressed about right now, and that's something that we can do. And we've got a big list of women who have come to events over the years, and it's been great. I actually think it will probably affect once we are doing our in-person events, what those look like a little bit more. That's what's up. Uh, so what is your, what do you think, or where do you think we are with this whole female empowerment movement? Obviously we have a long way to go, but we've made a lot of strides. So what is the definition of female empowerment for you and how do you use that in your work? I missed the last part of that question. <laughs> it's the whole female empowerment. How do you use mm-hmm. that as a um, digital diva? What is the definition of uh, female empowerment for you? I mean, I would just say it's the, the network and the support that we've been able to sort of build for each other, you know. Um, that's It's really having that person you can call when you don't know the answer to a question or you don't know the person you need to reach out to at TikTok or, you know, building that right. real relationship so that we are helping each other when, when needed, you know. It, it's one thing to not feel like you know what you're doing, but it's another thing to not feel like you know what you're doing. And you have five people that you can call and find out how to do it, right? And yeah. so I, I really think that, that that support and, you know, almost family, you know, some of these women have been yeah. coming this entire time and, you know, they kind of, you kind of turn into family, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and I think it's, 
female empowerment is like empowering anyone, right? It, it is right. about making sure that we have seats at the table and making sure that the that young women coming into the industry know their worth and know that they should be bringing other women to the table. And we are now in positions where we can be hiring and those kinds of things. So I think it's about just understanding that we are equals in everything that's going on in this industry. We run this industry and making sure that there's support. I mean, Amanda's exactly right. Ultimately, empowerment is support and, and knowing that it's you, you have backup, right? I mean, this is a, it's easy to get torn down. Um, and if somebody, even if it's not happening in your work life and you're not getting propped up by the people around you, if you have other people from outside that can prop you up, you know, or help you find the next job, I will say that Amanda and I are pretty good at that too. I feel like we're now the HR, we are HR for <laughs> Now when a job pops up, they send it to us. They ask us, who do you know? Who have you got in the network? Which is great. Yeah. That's, I, that's empowering. That's that's very empowering because we all need that. Let me tell you, to piggyback off something that you said, I mean, you know, when we first, when Nikki and I first decided to do this together, we we just noticed we noticed a friend that didn't really come out and say, "Yay! Oh my God, it's so great!" Blah blah blah. I don't need the accolades, but the, you know, it's nice to see when your friends support you. Or I've contacted other female organizations. Uh, that were just like like we were beneath them. Um, so, so I had a few yeah. words. I wasn't nasty. <laughs> I just had a few professional yeah. things to say. And cause I, I, I'm always like, but I thought this was about women and helping women and stuff like that. But you have to be at a certain level to be able to do this. And it just boggles my mind when people do that. So, you know, with sisters in music, yeah. we have to go on podcasts, we share the music videos, we share everything for free, we do everything. Um, because we want to show that, yes, women can work together, we can support one another, we can uplift one another, we can do so many things together. We don't have to be on this competition thing. Like, I, even in my job. Yeah, right? and, and it's, yeah. it's unfair, right? Like, it's really unfair that we are held to these standards that when we do that to each other, we yeah. allow all the men around us to do that. That's and right. and it, it shouldn't be the case, right? Like, I shouldn't I, – I should be able to look out for me, and that's all there is. But the truth is, if Amanda and I go into a situation and I'm catty and competitive with her, I just gave yeah. permission to all the dudes around us to be that yeah. same way. And that is part of what yeah. then doesn't allow us to continue to move forward. So we just can't do that to each other. We mm-hmm. have to know – that if there aren't seats at the table, to go back to that analogy, then we have to add a lease to the table, right? Like, you yes. just have to kind of fight your way in. And, and I think Amanda and I, in being fortunate and in this industry for a long time and at the positions that we're in, we get that. So we know we have to bring people up with us. Right. And we take that very seriously. And now it's just we have to keep moving that forward so that this isn't even a conversation down the line. Amen. I love it. I love it. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to hop around our, our question list. Natalie and I had a question list, but you bring up a really good point. I mean, do you think that we can get other women to support one another? Because we obviously both, you know, both our organizations have kind of had 
I guess, maybe potential roadblocks in that regard. I mean, what is it that, what are the roadblocks that you see in, in allowing that to happen? Do you think it's just primarily like a competition thing or? I think some of it's generational, to be totally honest. Mm. I, don't, I don't get those same conversations with young women coming into the industry. I think young women yeah. are already in a place of naturally supporting and propping each other up and wanting there to be more women there. So the only time that I ever hear that competitive thing are either when it's just a super, super male-heavy organization where there aren't a lot of women that maybe then women start to feel the competitive thing or if it's older women who I think had had a different mentality at least for me I don't know about you Amanda if you see that that's that's my exact same experience the young women that I'm seeing today just don't have they're very much more collaborative and I don't know if it's just because maybe those are the women that I'm surrounding myself with or, you know, that we generally have that show up at Divas, that kind of thing, or the the women that I'm meeting. But I'm just not getting that hardcore competitive attitude. Now, I will say that from my perspective, I will – I think Nashville is a little bit unique. Um, You know, I feel like things were a lot more cutthroat when I was doing business in New York and L.A. and Mm -hmm. even Seattle. Than it, than it is here in Nashville. There, there is something to this small town community thing because at the end of the day, you just can't be an asshole. It's going to come back to you, right? Like the yeah, town is yeah. very tiny. And, you know, you, you can't just be be throwing everything out there all the time. Like, you, yeah, because you you're do just going to go to school really with your label rep and, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. It, is, it is a small town in that way. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's talk uh, digital marketing and promotion. Let me tell you, during this pandemic, I have done so many damn webinars and conferences on uh, <laughs> social media platforms. I mean, TikTok alone, talking about, oh, you need to do five videos a day. Who, hell, who the hell has that time? Um, and then, you know, you've got to post all the time. And, you know, Nikki and I are both artists and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't have anything to say. And then I'll come up with something to say. And it, it's a lot of work. It's just a lot of damn work. So if you're doing all this by yourself, I mean, what advice can you give on this, a little quick advice on this whole digital marketing promotion thing? Because it can drive somebody crazy. <laughs> and I'm one that I, I don't use stuff like buffer because when I get up in the morning, whatever I'm feeling is what you're going to, you're going to get. I do all these um, inspirational posts in the morning and it's based on if somebody's irritated me or if I'm feeling joyous or am I feeling anxious or I just want to spread love. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I my number it. one thing always, and this is like me putting the old lady hat on because I don't give a shit about TikTok or NFTs or anything else if it's not about the art first. It has to start with the art and it has to be genuine. The things that work and the artists that have longevity, that's what they're great at. And it doesn't matter what the platform is and it doesn't matter whether you're doing it once a day on TikTok or six times a day or none, if that's what works for you. It has to be about your art and what is what is authentic to you as a human being yes. and an artist. Yes, that whole, I'm, I'm all for the authentic. I'm all for authentic. Yep. I've been posting about being real and authentic because I think a lot of people, especially artists, shy away from being uh, being real because I think in the music industry, 
specifically, you know, some people think they want to fit the mold. That they, if they have yeah. to be this kind of person, then they'll definitely chart. But what people are missing out, what I've learned, especially throughout the pandemic, is that people are craving the real. They are craving the authentic. They are craving somebody that can say, oh, my God, this artist really gets me. I feel like I I, I could be best friends with this person. I got to follow this person. And then that's where, you know, you hook the person in because you're just being yourself. Yeah. And so far, nothing that has, quote, unquote, blown up on TikTok has has shown themselves to be a real artist, right? And now I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that won't happen. There's still time to tell. There will be something, right? But those are anomalies. That's not right. having a viral moment on TikTok does not make you an artist. Sorry, Thank man. You. I feel like I cut you off. No. Oh, I was just gonna say the same thing. Authenticity is what matters, and if TikTok's your thing, well, then make it your thing. But you don't have to be everywhere all the time. I talk to so many artists that are just overwhelmed, and I'm like, just pick one and do it well. The rest can come once your art is is thriving and when you're doing your one thing well. Yeah, I love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. I'm the buffer girl. That's why Natalie's the buffer girl. <laughs> I use buffer. Well, it has to be something. It has to be something that you can sustain, right? Like I think the thing that drives me crazy because it's not that I don't like TikTok or anything else. What drives me crazy though is that anytime there's a new thing that has a lot of metrics to it and a lot of big numbers, everyone right. wants to jump on that. And now every single marketing conversation starts with what's the TikTok plan? What are we doing on TikTok? How are we going viral on TikTok? And it's not about what's the story that you're telling in your song? What's the story that you're telling as an artist? Who are you? What are your goals? Like these are all the things that are important to me. And I would much rather have a very small artist by the numbers that was telling a real story than to have, you know, six million views on TikTok that are meaningless. I love you. You know, yeah, I I like that comment too because it's interesting because I actually just read an article the other day. Um, I forget who, who posted it, but they were saying how boring the music industry is right now. Um just because yeah. it is the focus on the same, you know, same reusing beats, same stuff, same people trying to do the, the TikTok dances. There's no originality. There's no creativity and so on and so forth. So I'm no, actually it's very happy. No, it's a marketing yeah. universe. That's it. And, and yeah. it, will, it will swing back the other way when live is back because nothing yeah. connects to a human being the way being at a live show does. So TikTok is filling the gap of taking up minutes in your day, it's not filling the gap of filling up your soul the way that music does. That, that, there's just mm-hmm. no substitute for that. Yeah. yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. It's just... It's Natalie. Just, it's, yeah. Oh, I, I lost my train of thought. See, there you go. I'm being authentic. <laughs> it's just so interesting how TikTok just grew up. Obviously, it grew up because we're in a pandemic and everybody didn't have anything to do. I mean, I was even on there, you know, I was working with this company and they were like, I don't need to do TikTok. I was like, ah, I don't know. And then I did something with my cat who passed me in the summer, but 
I, I was using the cat as the weight to do some squats. Just to do something stupid and silly. But the main thing for me with TikTok, though, is like a lot of people like to put other people's music. I'm like, no, we do that all the time, especially as independent artists. I said, if I'm going to put anybody's music, it's going to be my own. The only other person who's music that I've ever done is Nikki. I did one of her songs on there, and just a, you know, promote her and stuff like that. And for the sisters of music, we promote the artist. If they're, they do an IG Live, and they sing, I took that clip, and I put it on TikTok, or if they say something really interesting, I put that on TikTok, you know, just so that people... Um, to see and meet other artists and stuff like that. But I, I love the fact that you say, you know, pick, pick one of the social media platforms and just, I like that, focus on that one and expand it and do great things with it. I do love Instagram uh, out of all of them. So, you know, you just post pictures. You don't have to say much. I mean, you, you can hashtag to death and then um, get people to come to your page. Um, and then obviously you don't have to do things. Everybody needs to do a proper platform. Um, and then there was, and then there's Clubhouse. You know, Clubhouse came out. I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And then when it first came out, I was on it like 24/7. Now I'm like, oh my God, I don't have time to do some TV shows to talk all day long. I'm like 24/7, except for this woman. When she comes on, she can do a lot of stuff on social media, sync licensing and stuff like that. And she's been very helpful. I actually have her on the podcast. Um, and and Nikki and I plan to do something on Clubhouse. But it's just crazy how all these different apps are coming out for you to be on. I mean, even Twitter has, there's there's this called Spaces. Another person's going to come out with Fireside. At a point, there's going to be too many platforms. And you just can't can't be on all of them and try to maintain all of them. You would have to hire somebody to be able to do all of them. And as in the well, artists, that's what big artists do, right? When you get to a certain point, then you can have a team that helps you just to make sure that you're in all the places where the fans are. But when you're getting started, you're building a fan base, and you're better off focused in one place, focused on the art. I think there's also a fine balance for social natives, right, for young people that grew up with socials, where mm-hmm. it is a balance right. between here are pictures of my food and my dog versus your right. art, right? Because I've also seen a lot of, like, particularly beautiful people that mm-hmm. have built up a huge following on being beautiful and then don't understand why the music doesn't connect. And so there, you know, it doesn't matter what the platform is there. There's going to be niche marketing for every single platform. I think the important thing is to understand that every platform has a different audience, a different kind of audience and a different way of talking, right? Like Facebook is a broadcast mechanism and Twitter is a conversation and Instagram is a visual. You have to understand what those conversations are to be able to do them well. And that's how you pick the one that you stick that you stick with, right? Or one or two that maybe work really well for you. And that can show a little bit of your personality, but mostly mm. focus on your art if that's really what you're trying to do is market and brand yourself as an artist. Right. Yep. It's, it doesn't work to just take the same piece of content and same text and put it on five platforms. But that's yeah. probably one of the things that makes me craziest because then that's a lack of understanding on how you talk to people on each of those platforms. And that's, that's where fans call bullshit pretty quickly, right? Like you'll see big numbers and no engagement. And it's because you're probably not using that platform correctly. You're not. Yeah. Or you're trying to do too much and you're just like reposting and reposting. And, <laughs> you know, that, it, you know, if I can give one little piece of advice there, it's, 
it's exactly me stealing words out of Amanda Case's mouth, which is do one thing and do it well. Amen. I'm I'm putting that on a T-shirt. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. Before we talk about resources and events and things like that, what's the biggest thing you think we can learn from each other? As in, like, our two organizations. Oh, I think just different ways and, and different groups of women that we can support, right? Like, I want to know how we can support your group and, you know, connect the women and what they can learn from each other or help each other with. We oh, can certainly help with that. I like that. I like that. I feel I do, too. <laughs> I feel the love. I mean, it's called Sisters in Music, for God's sake. Like, we all have to That's be right. connected, right? We have to pull as many sisters in as we can. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Very good yes. point. Oh, my gosh. Um, this, uh, it's just, you know, this whole, women are very interesting to me. That's all I can say. I've learned a lot about women um, in the past uh, couple years. Um and then, I, you know, I have some really good friends that are women, and there's some people that have had to say adios to, bye-bye, adios, um, because I just want to, um, you know, I love people that are compassionate. I love people that are just real. Just be yourself um, and do your thing, and we can work together. I love, I love helping and promoting other people because I love seeing people happy. And I love to praise other people's successes. I think once we're able to do that for one another, I think that's a huge step because that's the one thing I don't see a lot of people doing, especially women, is praising the other when they are successful in something that they, a goal that they have tried to achieve. I'm always on all these platforms. And when I see somebody do something, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so great. I'm not getting jealous. Why? I have my own stuff that I'm doing. I don't have time. And my thing is that, once you see somebody else achieve their success, your success is just around the corner. And I think that people need to just um, start seeing it that way, you know. I think gradually yeah. uh, we'll start to learn. Yeah, I'll, that's, I'll you know, it, I mean, there's something to the fact of, like, you don't have to put somebody else's flame out to make yours brighter because we all <laughs> shine brighter when there are more flames. Oh and I, I think that that's actually really true, um, that, you know, we've, we, when we're not competitive and we bring each other up and, and I've seen it in, you know, in my own like sort of career changes is that in being in a position of power now, the thing that makes me most proud of anything I've done in my career is watching women that have worked for me go on to do fantastic things and work great jobs and become executives. Like that is more exciting to me than any of the things on my own resume. And that is what, a little bit of that goes a long way in this industry, you know, and, and I think if, if everybody has a little piece of that, it's not about making yourself indispensable and holding on to everything you have and not sharing. It is about sharing with everyone and helping them develop relationships and develop into, you know, great people and great executives because then we all win. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's, that's my little statement. A win for one is a win for all. There you go. The one. The, the phrase that I like to use when I when I talk to 
to other women and talk to the, you know, other artists and, and things like that. It's, it's one of our, our sisters in music models. I like it. Yeah. And awesome. one thing we've learned uh, through our podcast from a lot of the ladies is that during the pandemic, you know, they had a lot of time for self-reflection. And a lot of them were just like, you know, I want to create music that makes a difference. I know on my podcast, at least, um, that's what they've been saying. So I think pandemic was one of the most horrible things in the world. And actually, there, there are some positives, believe it or not, where people have really thought about who they want to be, how they want to be. Do they want to be more loving? Yeah. Do they want to be more compassionate? Do they want to make a difference? Do they want to be an effective player? So I love the fact that that part happened, not the other crap, because it's been horrible. But there's a lot of good that has come out, and hopefully, you know, in the coming years, we'll just see more um, bracing of one another and more support of one another. And I know, you know, I was talking, I can't remember which organization I was talking to or somebody I was talking to. You know, we talked about even bringing all of the, female organizations together, you know, maybe having a conference just to talk about how how we all can work together, how we all can see one another on, you know, the same platforms, the same levels, and just talk to one another. We don't have to be in this whole competition mode. So do you feel that as an artist, you think? Because it's interesting that you've brought it up a couple times, and I'm yeah. curious if... You're feeling that. I do, too. How, yeah. how you feel the competitiveness come out. I mean, I'm, I'm a very, very humble person. Like, if I get nominated or win an award or do something, I will post it about one or two times. And then and then sometimes people will come and they'll see me and say, oh, Natalie, I saw you win. I say, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about something else. But, but people tend to think that when you've achieved so much success that you're in competition with them and they have a different attitude towards you. I know I'm very outspoken. I speak my truth. That is the whole point of Natalie Dean. <laughs> um, I, and I'm like that also because of life experiences. I was very shy and introvert as a kid and things have happened to me as a woman. And so um, I just don't believe in keeping anything in. Now, when I meet you, the, you'll get the soft Natalie. Now, if you attack me, you're going to get the other Natalie. They, they're still the same Natalie, but I just don't take crap anymore. And sometimes I think that's in, intimidating for other people. I just can't keep silent in a world that's so chaotic. It just doesn't work for me. And in, through my music now, you know, I sing and I sing and speak my truth because I think it's important to be able to make a difference. But yeah, definitely, there's a lot of competition out there unnecessary competition. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to echo Natalie's words. I mean, I've even had it in, you know, in the past year. Um, I've seen jealousy. I've seen competition, um, you know, especially around awards and accomplishments and things like that. Um, even Sisters in Music. I know that there's, you know, I've even experienced a couple of individuals and, and, and other organizations because we've actually reached out to several women organizations who just wouldn't even give us the time of day, um, you know, which which is sad, I'll say, right? You know, if, if that, 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 that was why I was making the comment 
don't just talk the talk. You need to walk the walk, right? So if you say that you're supportive and you're uplifting women and those types of things and you're an organization that does that, you better do it because, you know, isn't that the whole point? No, there's nothing worse. There's nothing more vile than a woman that says she supports other women and puts all the memes up and does mm-hmm. all the things and actually isn't. It is the right. the, the most vile thing to me. <laughs> and and we've all yep. had women in our lives like that, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. Oh, well. But we're here to change <laughs> all that. That's right. We're here to make a difference, and we will. We will. Yes, we will. I we love will. that. I love that. Well, we're happy to help however we can. I, I, it makes me super happy to have organizations that, that care about this. You know, I, 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 where part of me is sad that we still need it in 2021, it, it's encouraging that women want to do this with and for each other. You know, I mean, that's, that's how we make change. That's right. Exactly. One voice may not be heard, but millions together will not be silent. Oh, that was beautiful. Well, <laughs> well, Cameo and Amanda, thank you so much for being the Sisters in Music cool. Radio Network. Uh, we enjoyed having you. Um, you guys are awesome. We definitely have to partner on something, do something together. Um, that would be awesome. That we would love great. that. And thank you guys so much for having us and acknowledging our, but uh, it makes me really happy. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. You are the Anytime. kind of time. You're the kind of divas I love. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you guys are absolutely divas. You are divas. You are welcome anytime. All right. <laughs> I love it. All right. Sisters in Music, and this is Natalie Jean and... Nikki Chris. And we were with Tanya Carlson and Amanda Case from Digital Divas Nashville. Make sure you check out their website at www.digitaldivasnashville.com. Until next time. Hi, this is Nikki Chris and Natalie Jean from Sisters in Music. Check out our new organization, www.sistersinmusic.org. And our Sim Radio Network, home of our female-focused podcast, Mixing It with Nikki Chris and Chatting with Nat. Come join the fun, because together, we are stronger. Mm-hmm.